Oh, man. Man. Listen, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I, I, God is about to wake up people. God is about to wake up Christians. I believe, I'm saying it this way because I'm preaching. I believe the Titus effect is going to take a place in people's lives. They're going to begin to see the abounding grace of God that's stretched out for each and every one of us. All of a sudden, the promises, the the, 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 the covenants that we have with our God, what he's going to do is become to come so real and so tangible that people are going to not even think about needing to call somebody for prayer because they're going to know it's already been done in heaven. That first John five fourteen is going to become alive and real. They're just going to be able to say, man, I, well, yeah, you know, this happened. And somebody say, oh, what? And he said, it's okay. I talked to heaven this morning and everything's going to be okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let me show you something here in the Word tonight. So get your Bibles out. And, and you know, I, I, I don't, I was going to go back over it because uh, Sunday, uh, Brother Ivan's going to be here preaching, so I'm not going to get to go back over the Titus effect, but I've got to just show you something here tonight, and then we'll see where it's going to go. Um, Romans 5.20. Go to Romans 5.20. You see, what people aren't understanding is that for so long, Christians have struggled and struggled to believe that the promises of God are true. And, and they, they believe that they've struggled with it because they haven't seen a lot happen. And so they don't see it happen. But it's not that they don't see a lot happen. It's they don't see it happen the way they want it to happen. Now, my wife was giving me a hard time, and she's probably glad she's not here tonight to see me do this. But uh, ah, there was some... Some crazy zombie movie on the other night. And I caught just a, that much of it. And it just, I, I just saw this. I just saw this. That Americans right now, all of us, I'm putting us all in one group, are like a zombie movie. Okay, I just saw it and boom, I just got this. And I said, there's certain people, there's zombies out there and they're running down the streets and they're just eating people and doing all kinds of whatever zombies do. And there's certain people sitting around saying, now stop that. You can't do that. Look, officer can have an officer. That person jaywalked over here. That person's jaywalking. They're not supposed to be doing that. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not, that's not neutral gender over there, what they're doing over there. No, 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 this is not right. Oh, I saw that zombie. I saw him. He went in the wrong restroom over there. And they're over there complaining about all this stuff while zombies are eating people. And what you should do during the zombie apocalypse is run. But people are standing around rather than seeing what the devil's doing and what the devil, the demon hordes are trying to overcome and overwhelm people rather than stopping and either being the deliverers of those people. Okay, they're just standing around looking at all this stuff. This shouldn't happen like this and this shouldn't be done like this. And they're going through all these little, little stupid things. And the bottom line is they're going to get eaten. But not us. Because what we're going to do is we're going to understand that this great abounding grace is upon us because we believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And it wasn't joining a church. It wasn't just just making an altar call. It was a life changing event because the son of the living God came to live in our heart and the spirit of the living God. We became the temple of the of the spirit of the living God and he dwells in us. And then all of a sudden, man, we rise up as sons of God because his word, his promises are true. And we begin to walk in it. OK, 
And we begin to walk in this great grace. And when I, we, we've been running around too long, every time we fall into a trial, we go back and say, well, what did we do wrong? And we must have done something wrong. Well, this didn't happen. Because we think we're supposed to live in Candyland and not ever have any trials. But the bottom line is, we live in a fallen world. The world hates us as Christians because the world system, I'm not talking about people necessarily, but the world system is demonically controlled and it hates Christians. So you just became a part of a hated, hated organization called Christianity. But the sin of God's living on the inside of you. The real kingdom of God's on the inside of you. What the enemy meant for good, I mean, meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. That no weapon that forms against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment will be contemned. That's who you are. But we got to wake up to it. We got to wake up to it that this is reality that when we speak, things move, mountains move. Well, I spoke, but I didn't see a mountain move. You're missing it. We're going to go through some issues in life. The end is the victory comes at the end. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Now, I don't want to get into all the, the Greek here, but, you know, anytime in Greek when it's hyper, hypersonic, hyper, whatever, hyper, hyper, means it's, it was this, but then it got souped up, right? Got turbocharged, all right? So it says where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, and if you go look at the Greek word there, it means it got hyperized, it hypered, abounded. The word abound means to abound beyond measure, abound exceedingly, to overflow, to enjoy abundantly. In other words, what sin had for us, it seemed to abound. But grace abounds much more. Now, what's this abounding grace? What is this abounding grace? It's not just a grace that makes up for our mistakes. It's a power of God flowing in our lives because we, we just don't get it. We just don't get it that we've entered into the kingdom of God. Now we are sons of the most high God, that God Almighty is our daddy. Jesus is our elder brother. We don't get it. We just keep, oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, I got this problem over here. I got this situation over here. Oh, I got this. And we keep trying to live and function in this world when you can't live and function in this world as everybody else lives and functions in the world because you're not of this world. John chapter 7, verse 37. <clears throat> On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now stop right there for a second. I've, I've read this in, in, in a lot of different, um, you know, from a lot of different books and ministers and different things, and they, they, they tell a story, and, and I don't know, because it's, you know, I don't get to read it right there in the Bible, but... Uh, they say that the high priest was up there and he was about to pour out this pitcher of water because it was ceremonially taking place within this, the, 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 the feast that was going on right then. He was going to pour it out. And right at that moment, Jesus jumps up and says, if anyone thirst, let him come into me and drink. All right. So everybody, you know how anytime you're do, somebody's doing something, somebody else burst out in a 
A deal everybody's going to look like, what? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me. Are you a believer in Jesus? Does, so then does, when it says, uh, and he who believes in me, you're in that, right? Doesn't make any difference if you're Jew or Gentile. Right? If you're a believer, you're in this. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Just look at this scripture real good. Where's the river coming from out of whose heart? That's, before you say anything, don't say anything out loud yet because you might be wrong. I didn't embarrass you. Read the scripture. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Whose heart is it? Are we in the consensus that it's our heart? Ooh, wait a minute now. See, the religious world wants to say it's out of Jesus' heart flows for living, rivers, rivers of living water. But that's not what the Scripture says. It says rivers of living water is coming out of your heart if you're a believer in Jesus. So where's the water? Where's the flow? Why do we have Christian churches all over the place and ain't nothing flowing? Ain't nothing moving? Ain't nothing taking place? Ain't nothing going on? Zombies come in, zombies go out. Why? Why is there no rivers of living water? What, did Jesus fall off the throne? Did the dispensation change that we didn't know we were in? Did, is this the dispensation of God no working with us? Did that change overnight? We, we missed it somewhere after the resurrection. The dispensation came, he no working no more. It's saying that Christians should have rivers of living water flowing out of us. I'm giving you this scripture because I'm trying to set your mark, your goal. If you're doing any exercise or you're doing something like that, they always tell you it's very important. You've got to set a goal. You've got to set a goal so you can reach that goal. If you're going to lose weight, you've got to set a goal. You've got to go for that. If you're going to try to do bench press or you know, something like that, you're building muscle, you've got to set a goal. You've got to set a goal. I'm going to try to get to this goal. I'm trying to get this goal. The goal I'm setting for y'all tonight is rivers of living water flowing out of you. So the tired, the hurting, the discouraged come to you, and you say, yeah, come here. Let's pray. And then rivers of water flow out of you. I remember one time years ago, um, and I've told this story before, but it bears telling again. We were, I was a youth pastor at this time, and we'd taken a whole bunch of kids down to a, 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 a summer camp, and there was one young man that was on this with us that it, it just like he came to irritate everybody. I mean, and I was trying to love him. I was trying to help him. And, but it just seemed as if every kid was kept coming to me and saying, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this, and then the next kid, so-and-so did this. And it, just, it was just like he, he went on the trip to see how many people he could possibly irritate. And so I was just, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to be godly, and I'm at a youth camp, and I'm trying to help these kids, and so I don't want to just, you know, send him home. And uh, so I said I'd talk to him. And so I went over to talk to him, and his attitude with me was just arrogant. And he just got in my face, and he got kind of arrogant, and I lost it. And I grabbed the kid, and this is terrible. But I grabbed the kid by a scuff of his neck, and I shoved him up against the wall, and I began to let him have it. I began to tell him, you know, I, I cannot believe you're acting like this. What in the world are you doing? You know, this is, you know, just whatever. 
And then all of a sudden, in the midst of that, the anointing of God came on me, and I began to look at him, and I began to say, you don't even know who you are. You don't even know what's on the inside of you. You don't even, can't even see the potential on the inside of you. And, but I was saying it in anger, you know, but I was prophesying to him, basically. And I just said, you don't even know, you know, I said, you cannot believe what's on the inside of you, and you won't do anything with it, you know, you stupid little idiot, you're over here throwing everything away. And I mean, I was prophesying like this. And I shook him up pretty good. And, and then I fell back in the flesh. And I told him, if you, you know, if you mess with anybody else anymore, you know, that's the end of it. Your life is ended. And so the youth trip was over. They came home and never saw him again. Family shortly thereafter moved off, never saw him. And at a funeral, 15, at least 15 years later, he walks in the door. And I look over there and I thought, wow, is that kid? And he pulled me over to the side after the funeral and said, i got to talk to you for a minute. And he said, do you remember the youth trip? And I was like, yeah. And he said, I, I just want to, and tears just welled up in his eyes, I just want to thank you. He said, that day my life changed. That day the words you said to me, even though it was anger, was the Spirit of God, and it broke off a bunch of junk in my life, and I have since become, and he began to tell me all of the things that he's done in life and how he had become you know, a, a, a blessing. And I thought to myself, isn't that funny that day that in the midst of my anger, God saw his heart, saw my heart, yet living water touched that kid. My point is, it didn't have to be in a service saying, yay, hey, thus saith the Lord. I see the anointing of God upon you. No, I mean, I was going to, I wanted to smack him. But living water popped out of me. See, I didn't know it then. You with me? All I'm saying is, as, as I'm really in here listening to this message and, and, and hearing what God's saying to me, I'm remembering events in life that I can say were a moment that I know living water squirted out of me. You with me? And I can say, wow, that person was changed over there by what I said. So what gets me is this is what all of us should be looking for. This is what it says should be happening in our lives as Christians. The mark that we set for ourselves is that living waters comes bursting out of us to everyone around us. So that some morning you just walk in and say, hey, how are y'all doing? And then it's, oh, God, don't do terrible. Oh, let me pray for you. You pray for them, then everything's set straight because living waters came out of you. But we've gone around so much and Christians have gone around so much and been stifled because they're like, oh, what if I pray and nothing happens? And then the relationship with God's on shaky ground. But no, we got to understand we have abounding grace coming to us. Abounding grace coming and flowing into us. Now, I, I got to tell you this. I'm, like, I'm, I'm really kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's okay because y'all hear it again. So some way or another, you have to have a measure. You have to have a measure on how you're, how you're progressing in your walk with Jesus. You know, let's go back to fitness. If you're, if you're a weightlifter, it'll say, it's easy to get a measure, okay? <clears throat> so you, I don't know. I, I can't pull the numbers out. I didn't look these things up, but let's just say that you were going to bench press. And so you started out bench pressing 200. And then you went and you looked at the world record for your age of what the bench press was, okay? And I'm just calling things out here. Let's say it was 600, okay? And so you said, gosh, I did 200, but the goal, the mark, 600. 
So you start working out as hard as you can and start working out as hard as you can. You do everything you can. You start developing. Well, obviously, some people are going to be able to develop more than others, right? Because our bodies are physique. Some people just literally might not have the structure to handle the amount of muscle to push 600 pounds, right? But then you're going to know, you've got to get a measure on the inside of yourself. How hard are you working out? Are you really following the plan? Are you really doing all your work? Are you really doing the exercises? Are you, everybody says, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not getting stronger, right? But did you do it? Do you have a trainer? You have somebody helping you? Have you done everything you can? Or you say, well, I just believe I'll just go in there and be able to pump it 10 times and that ought to be enough. Right? And you'd have to. So the measure is only, there's only one measure. There's only one measure. It's your heart. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians. No, excuse me. Uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians. Let me just get my Bible and my glasses on. 1 Corinthians 1, no, 2. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. It says, but God has revealed them to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? You know tonight, everyone listening to me, watching me, Tonight, you know in your heart if you're really right with God or not. Has he asked you to do something and you haven't done it? And there's a little conviction on the inside of you? Has he asked you to stop doing something and you haven't? It's this great measure on the inside of us called the heart of man who knows man. And the Holy Spirit has this ability to come upon you and bring conviction where you're not walking right. But sometimes we don't want to look at the heart. Because if we look at the heart, then that means we got to do it. So we don't want to look at the heart. So a husband acts ugly to his wife. His wife says, I can't believe you act like this. And he says, this is the way I'm not wrong. This is the way I'm supposed to act. And you're the one that needs to change. But truly, the Bible says, inside of that person's heart, there was a conviction of the Holy Ghost that just works on the inside of us. It says it's not right. But you don't want to listen to that. You just want them to change so you don't have to. Now, there's only two people that know this. You and God. Hello? Because you can fool me. Right? You can fool me. Talk all the right talk. Say all the right things. Do all the right moves. Raise your hand. Yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, look at them. They're really worshiper over there. They really love Jesus. Or the other way, stand there like a stone, but yell it in their heart. See, I don't know. I'm the preacher. I don't have the heart meter. I don't get to look into the heart meter. Only God gets to look into the heart meter. And the only person that knows what's in your heart is you and God. At the, the second point of the Titus effect is that a person has to be willing. This is what I'm talking about. The person has to be willing. And if they're not willing, then it doesn't make any difference. God's not going to violate their free will. So therefore, they will not walk in any of the blessings of God. They won't walk in the Titus effect. Hello? 
Because people think they're fooling me, but don't worry about fooling me. I'm just the preacher. Don't worry about fooling the people in church. God knows and you know. And unless the person is willing to change and get inside their heart and allow the Holy Spirit to come in there, if they do, then like a breath of fresh air, things change. Comes easy, becomes glorious. But then some people get crazy because they let guilt come in and they think, oh, this guilt is the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but they they don't really know the Spirit of God because God didn't operate like that. God operates like that, that little pricking on the inside saying, just don't do it. Don't do that. That's why Paul says, man, I've learned how to be with everybody. I've learned how to go over there and eat meat that's sacrificed to idols and don't bother me a bit. Or I've learned how to go over there to the people that don't eat meat that's sacrificed to idols, and that don't bother me a bit. He says the only person that can judge me is God. But we know in our hearts, and no one's being fooled. No one's being fooled. We know in our hearts. So the mark is livers, 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 <laughs> rivers of living water flowing out of you. Not livers, rivers, right? Where people want to be around you. They want to go to the coffee shop just because you're going to be there that day drinking coffee. Not like they're walking down the aisle and say, oh God, there's so-and-so, Whew. And all of that I'm saying comes about from understanding the Titus effect and understanding that we're walking and abounding in grace and that grace is abounding within us and that we're, we're going through the trials of life by knowing that our God's going to get us through it, knowing that God's going to deliver us, knowing that God's going to answer his promises, knowing that God's true to his word and nothing will be changed. And we know that we're right with God because we're checking our heart meter. Folks, listen to me. Don't get all under conviction about the. I mean... Conviction is good. Don't get in a condemnation about this and say, oh, God, am I right with God? Am I right with God? Sit down and ask him. Lord, have mercy. Don't beat yourself up and go through some big drudgery of this and, oh, God, I did this and I did that. Repent. Get it under the blood. Get free of it. I've done some crazy things. Man, but it's all under the blood. Woo, don't make no difference no more. You can't bring it up against me. And so you go have a relationship with the Lord. You sit down in the morning and pray. Say, hey, Daddy, what's going on? And if you hear him go, <clears throat> what? What? What's going on? Something's up? I don't you know. What? Okay, let me check my heart real quick. Oh, oh gosh. It's like checking texts or emails, right? Like, I don't know about y'all, but I, like, I get a flood of emails that are just, I don't know, you know, that, right? They're like uh, renewing your truck warranty. This is the truth. When my phone uh, went down on me right at the snowstorm started, and the, my phone went out, it was dead. Wouldn't be, could, it was just dead. It would not recharge. It would not do anything. It was dead. Uh, they, I mean, they took it out back in AT&T and just shot it right there. <laughs> this is no help. And so uh, I had this old flip phone that I had not turned on for a couple of years, but I knew that the SIM card in it was active. And so, you know, you can't text on it because it was the old, like, you had to punch it three times. G, 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 okay, C, G, 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 right? And so you could just make phone calls on it, but I needed something. And so I called a few people and told them, say, if you've got to call me, call me on this number because the cell phone works. I had turned that phone on. It hadn't been on in a couple of years. I turned that cell phone on, 
And within 30 minutes, the phone rang. I said, gosh, who's this? Who even had this number? Here? Your trick more. She's about to come out. It's like, you have got to be kidding me. I don't even know how that works. How did that number just get used? I called a couple of people, so then it may, I guess it got active, went around, got caught up in the cyber world, and there I was, calling about my truck warranty. I said, you don't even know. You don't even know who I am. This thing just came on. So I don't know. I've lost where I was talking about here. We have to tell you about the truck warranty. Oh, it's like, it's like emails. You get so many of them, you know, sometimes you just, you're just getting rid of them. And oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so it's like checking your heart. Yeah, you're going through your heart. Yeah, you got a bunch of things happened to you. A bunch of things came at you, and this happened and that happened. But uh-oh, over here, I was harboring some anger towards that person. I shouldn't have been doing that. Father, forgive me. In Jesus' name, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have thought that. Well, then all of a sudden, then now there's no more <clears throat> at the table. It's like, hey, Robert, how you doing? Things looking good today. You follow me? It's the perfect measure. It's inside of you, and you know it. All you got to do is sit down and have some time with him. Well, gosh, see, our minds get all crazy, and Christians get out just like insane. They're like, <gasps> they look at the email that says, you're mad at so-and-so, and they think, <gasps> I should do good works today because then God will love me. I'll read my Bible extra. I'll do an extra chapter. Right? He's like, <clears throat> no, I just want you to deal with that email you got. And then somebody, then he goes on. If it carries on and carries on, then they say, well, I don't know why I'm not hearing God anymore. Because you've got to go back to where he talked, the last thing he told you was deal with that issue in your heart over there. Deal with that issue, and then everything else lines up. And then you're right back into the grace, and the grace is flowing, and grace is abounding, grace is going good, and everything, you just go on. Right? And then rivers of living water begin to flow out of you. And everywhere you go, rivers flow. Amen? So I believe with all of my heart that y'all are awesome and amazing people. I believe with all of my heart that y'all are going to grab a hold of the tightest effect. You're going to get it down into your life. You're going to start looking at your heart as the heart meter. You're going to start having rivers of living water flowing to you, and the world is going to change because of you. I believe it. You say, it's a big, tall order. No, I believe it. I believe right here. I believe everything happens in, from, in, from Jerusalem and Utopia. I do. I'm crazy, but I believe it. I believe with all of my heart. So... You're it. You're it out there. You're the ones he wants to use. You're the ones he wants to make in the great awakening. And he wants to bring about. So you should be encouraged tonight. You should have a good night's sleep and be encouraged. You should quit worrying and quit fretting and start walking in the abounding grace of God and let it just flow over you and let him take care of it because he will. The problem looks big. I know it looks scary. I know. But God's got a way to make everything work out. That's what he promised us. We just got to trust in him. Keep walking. And as James said, we should put a smile on our face at least. If we can't count it joy, at least put a smile on our face. Right? He said count it joy. That may be a stretch for you, but at least we can say, Lord, you're going to make it happen. Amen? And livers, rivers. I get that livers again. It's a hard thing to say. Rivers. Of living water gonna flow out of you. I don't even like liver. I could think I could, you know, maybe keep saying that if I'd ate liver before I came or something, but I don't even like liver. So, anyway, praise the Lord. Stand to your feet. All of you out there, listen, grab a hold of this prayer. I'm gonna pray this over you. I'm gonna bless your offerings, bless your family. 
bless your tithes, all that kind of stuff, but I just want to pray over you. Father, right now, I just declare in Jesus' name that everyone hearing this message tonight, Lord, there is an just like the igniting effect of this awakening in our lives that you're going to do. I declare, Lord God, that, there, that rivers of living water are going to flow out of us because we're going to get right with you and we're going to walk right with you. Lord, I thank you that we become aware of your working in our lives, but then the rivers flowing out of us, we become aware of it, Lord. Open our eyes to see it. Open our ears to hear it. Lord, that we will walk with you like never before. So, Lord, I pray this over everyone listening, everyone watching, and I just declare it, Lord God, to be true. I ask your hand upon each and every one of them. I declare in Nehemiah 2 and 8, the good hand of God is upon these people, upon their businesses, upon their finances, upon their lives. I thank you, Lord, that they are blessed exceedingly abundantly beyond they could even thank or ask. Lord, as they give, finances pour back into them because that's your principle, give. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. And I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.